Are you tired of riding and damn near dying? We are too. Today's show is about to be good, so don't go away. Welcome to the Black Girl Bravado Podcast, your weekly fix for all things mental health and wellness. I'm Brittany, the joke-cracking, detail-oriented friend who is always down the road when you need her. For the legal stuff, though, not the illegal stuff. And I'm Germany, the loyal friend who keeps you laughing. I'm a ray of sunshine, and you can always find me on the dance floor. And not only are we besties, but we're your besties. You heard me right. It's homegirl vibes here. Get ready for the girls to dish the real, the raw, and the fucking funny. And listen, we may drag you, but it's always in love. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show, y'all. We're settling in nicely in our new home. We are. The cable man is coming today. <laughs> Internet will be on this afternoon. It's nice here. Lights are on, water's on. It's nice. We're figuring out where we want the couch to go. You know, all of that. Hanging stuff. photos, mm-hmm. lighting incense. It's good. It feels good in here. It does. How are you? How was your week? How's your weekend? My weekend was good. Everything has been going smoothly. I've really been trying to prioritize pleasure mm. in a multitude of ways. So massages, 80-minute massages have mm. been scheduled, girl. And I've just been doing all of the things that I love. So I'm feeling good. This has been such a great time. In your life? In this quarter. <laughs> a cute, a good Q4? A, a good start to Q4. Like, I'm so excited and just feeling so good about where everything is going. So I'm living in joy right now. I love that. In bliss. What about you? How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I've been super busy, but busy with all good things. Mm. You know, like the kind of busy that sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm busy. But it's like, okay, I don't want to complain too much because I prayed for this. So grateful to be here. Grateful to be here. Thankful to be here. And yeah, that's just what I've been on. I'm excited, actually. To get into the holiday season. I know. That's a first Rare. That's a first for me. I was thinking like, I should get a Christmas tree. You should. I should totally decorate my house. You should. Why not? I'm getting a Christmas tree. We should do a little Christmas lights tour or do some ice skating, Ooh, some sort yes. of holiday yes, festival. Let's go ice activity. skating. You know, they have that at um, downtown. downtown. Yeah, downtown. We should totally do it let's and have a hot it. cocoa in our hands yes. and doing all the things. I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. Yeah, we're getting into the holiday season. How was Usher? Listen, <laughs> Usher is a dream. That man still looks the same, still dances the same, still sounds the same. Vocals are butter, baby. Butter. I he came up to where we were sitting because we were in a little media area, and this he girl came who, up. He did, and he was singing "Hey Daddy." Ooh, and girl, this, the way I would have been singing to him too. And now my lady say, "Hey, hey, hey, hey Daddy. Daddy." Let me tell you, the girl who was sitting right down in front of me, he came up to her and was singing so close. She grabbed his face and kissed him on the side of it. I said, "Girl, get it. Stop it." <laughs> Get it, girl. Get it. It is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Girl. We have to go back. And, you know, when he comes back and does his residency in 2023. Well, we'll be there. A girl's trip has to happen. A girl's trip is already on the books. It's going to be 2023 will be the year that I get back into my live music back. Yes, it is. Because I was out of it. We're going in strong. Jumping back into it. We're coming in strong. I'm excited. So, yeah. 
Okay, I'm glad you had fun. Your birthday's wrapped up <sighs> until next year. Yes. Yes. Speaking of wrapping up, we are so excited to have you all over here with us on Spotify. Please continue to follow. Also, our patrons. I have something else to say. While you're here on Spotify, definitely follow, definitely rate. Turn that little bell on so you don't miss anything happening exactly. over here. We Turn know that we're, we've moved. It's a new transition, but we're making this very, very simple. It's free to listen over here. So I don't want to hear no shit. I don't want to hear we, shit. I don't think we are. The girlies have been cooperating. They said <laughs> Spotify's on my phone. I'm here. Someone said, I'll follow you guys wherever you go. I did. My heart's strings my were heart, being pulled. My at. heart, I say that that's the energy that I like. Love follow it. us wherever we go. Cause you know we're not gonna leave you nowhere crazy. <laughs> just get So in. just follow us. Follow me, huh? Yeah. So anyway, speaking of patrons, the girlies who have followed us over to Patreon. The wind beneath our wings. You're our faves. <laughs> so over on Patreon, we share exclusive content, episodes, playlists, affirmations, all of that good stuff. We have been slacking on showing love to our patrons, but not today. Mm -mm. Not today. So shout out on our new patrons. We have Aria. Aria. Alejandra. Alejandra. Brianna. Brianna. Joyce Mianda. Joyce Mianda. T. T, girl. What's goody? Taryn. Taryn. Naya. Naya, girl. Hey. Shay. Shay. Narissa. Narissa. Jasmine. Jasmine, girl. Hey. Imani. Hey, Imani. Paris. Betty. Jade. Hey, Jade. Tony. Hey, Tony. It's so good to have y'all. I have been actually loving the Patreon Discord. Ooh. I've been loving it. I was at the gym and it was going crazy. I said, hold on, hold on. It's this turning into my it's regular been, group it's chat. Right. It's giving group chat vibes. It's giving group chat. It's giving group chat vibes. Yeah. So if you want to connect with other like-minded women, actually connect with us. Text us in the flesh, real live time. You need to get over on Patreon because the Discord is going up. No homegirl left behind. Get yes, it's up and stuck. So yes, yes follow us over there. Mm-hmm. What else we got going on? Is that uh, it? That's all of our church. Our retreat. Oh, yes. Our retreat. This is coming up so soon, y'all. March is going to be here before you know <sighs> it. We're going to blink and I'm going to be in the jungle <laughs> yeah. in El Salvador in a thong kini with my oh, girls. Oh. You know how I do You're it. You're going to pack a little? You know how I do it. I let that thing fly <laughs> on vacation. I let it slap and flap all around. And I need y'all there. I want to see your cheeks cheeking too. Okay, I need your cheeks chicken. We are having an amazing retreat in the middle yeah. of the jungle. Two weeks. Week one is already sold up, but there's still space and opportunity for you to join us. Week two, March 27th to April 2nd. El Salvador, sisterhood, black girls doing what the fuck we do. Everything for this. The details are all in the description. Yeah, y'all join better us. come over here and get one of these. <laughs> it's a chicken, chicken salad. <laughs> It's a chicken salad. It's a chicken salad. Yeah. Okay. So what's going on today? Y'all, so we're still in our flipping the script bag where we're taking a look at the labels that people place on us. Sometimes we place on ourselves as black women and we're getting down to what it really is and who we really are. Mm, yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's I, time. It's time. It's past time, actually. And I think what we really need to do is look at this ride or die label. Oh my God. The one that's been tattooed on our foreheads for so long. We've been bearing the cross of the ride or die and it's time to put it down. It's time to set her down. I definitely have had it tattooed on mine and I just left <laughs> the tattoo removal. <laughs> I just left her laser removal. So if you see a little scar. Just know it's a battle wound. It's a battle wound. So let's look at how the ride or die label gets attached to us. Honey. 
So black women are often seen as saviors for men at a huge cost to our our overall well-being, right? Ourselves. Yes. We are with you when you're sick and shut in. Mm-hmm. We with you when you're down and out. We are. We're doing bids, risking our lives, being publicly embarrassed, humiliated, all of the things and no more. Even our celebrities in our in our entertainment. The celebrities in the entertainment are relationship goals. So often, for some odd reason, we look to celebs as relationship goals, right? So mm-hmm. they become the blueprint. Mm-hmm. What did Beyonce do? You know, it's yeah. like, okay, so Beyonce, she stuck by Jay-Z. Oh, she did Lemonade. He did 444. Which is very sad because... <clears throat> At the cost of Jay-Z's growth and evolution was Beyonce's hurt and pain. Mm. We're looking at him saying, yes, black man, you rose above. You you decided to put your family first, your wife first. But on the back end, she got to get her baby and feel like she going to be all right. <laughs> okay. It's not fair. Okay. It's not fair. It was. Up. It was. It was that. And then we saw it again with Keisha Kaor and Gucci Mane. The way that story made headlines and it was like... <sighs> <laughs> Germany. Keisha was brilliant. Keisha, we all know that Gucci had to do a bid, right? And Keisha Kaior was applauded for holding it down, taking the money, flipping it, doubling it, tripling it, whatever she did with the money that was left. She she got a check, spent her check and got it right back. She did. Right? And had it set up. So when Gucci came out, he decided to now marry her. But it's like, at what cost? Right. You know what I'm saying? I had to stick it out through the bid. I had to Get the money, double it, triple it. Do flips, trips, back Do all flips. of that. And it's just like, you why know Why also? is it that before the honor? Before the honor, before the reverence, girl. You know what <laughs> before I was the thinking? praise. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about? What? Girl, even Queen and Slim. I thought about that movie uh, today. I loved the movie. Beautiful movie. I did too. It was beautiful. But riddled with a little ride or die. <laughs> I was, was like, bruh, all it is for the sake of the first date on the first date, I got to go on the run. The with way you? I would have hopped out that car. I would. I'm the victim, nigga. I've been shot. <laughs> it's two victims here. I know it's still it's fuck that police officer, but he shot me. So yeah. I'm here. I ain't getting in the car and going on the run. Yeah. With you. you can get in the car and go and I'm gonna be here like mm-hmm. I went on a date and I was shot. Yeah, I cannot go. I'm an attorney. She was an attorney. She had her stuff together. She was well to do. And she risked her life, her livelihood for the man. I said, oh, Listen, Lord. he and just never produced nothing that made me feel like <laughs> I had to do that. I would have been like, boy, this is my stop. What's <laughs> him in the office that were tussling? I would have been like, oh, this Lord. is my stop. I would have been calling for backup on no, my but phone. but it happened. Yes. <sighs> okay. But also the way this ride or die label gets attached to us is because we get praise for it. There's a sense of accomplishment, right? When we decide to be fiercely loyal and committed to the partners or the people that we choose. But too often, this is really the code for unhealthy relationships. We've done it. I've done it. You've done it. Mm. How have you felt when you were riding or dying? Did you feel like (laughs) I'm rolling and die every time I decide to ride and I'm rolling and die, rolling and die? Listen, listen, listen. No, really, like, how did you really feel? Did you feel like at some point, honestly, truly, think about it. Did you feel like 
I Look feel, at me showing up yes, for him. Yes, you know? yes. There's even a little piece of, of her that still lives inside of me that I have to say, girl, stay in that closet. Do not come out because she will try to show up and show out even currently in my current relationship. I'm like, you don't got to do that. Mm. You don't got to do that. How, how, how does she show up? In, you because know, the difference between your previous relationships and your current relationship is because when oh. we're talking about this ride and are dying, we're not just bashing men, right? We're talking no. about riding and dying for a situation that is not necessarily in your best interest, right? Whether it's the cheating, whether it's the criminal activity, whether it's just they're a burden that is a lot on you. You yeah. know, they don't have it together. You're not equally yoked. Those type of situations. So I'm asking, how does it show up for you in a situation where that's not true? Right. Not I'm going to I'm going to reverse that. And what the part that I meant is that a lot of times with riding and dying comes a self-sacrifice. Mm. So I just think that as women, we have to truly be mindful of how much we're willing to give and what at what cost. And it can be a little thing like not prioritizing yourself when you know that you can or you should. Instead of doing something for that person, doing it for yourself. So it's not she. It's not necessarily the ride or die. It's just always being mindful that I could slip into a a self sacrificing way for my partner. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I don't. I don't want to be that way. But in the relationships prior, where I definitely was riding and dying for the nigga, at the time I felt like. I'm proving myself to you. Like I'm proving that I'm the person that you want to be with. There's no way you would go out there and be with somebody else because I've been doing hella much back here at home. Exactly. You know, like, you know, you can count on me. You know, you can rely on me. You know, I'm your safe place. Exactly. You're vulnerable with live. me. Right. You trust me. I was feeling good. Exactly. To be honest, I'm feeling like, yeah, see, this is my man. Yeah. I'm on the pedestal over here. Whole time, I'm his footstep. <laughs> of what they think, what they say, the devil will make you, what the foot? The devil will make your enemy your foot. foot some, 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 God, girl. My Christian sisters, insert that scripture here. <laughs> okay, the whole time I'm the nigga footstool. I'm like, what? Not thinking you sitting on the throne and you at his feet. <laughs> I, was, I thought I was above. Whole time I'm below. I said, oh, Lord. Girl, I, I too wore like a badge of honor. Cue the Fantasia. Listen. I was wearing it like a badge of honor. Like, yeah. And they and they affirm us in that way. Yeah. You holding me down. Damn. You a real one. They yeah. try to disguise yeah. it as a real one. I've been been a real one the whole time. I'm just not doing the right thing. No. I'm like, I, I'm, I, I'll be a fake one. Listen, girl. Foe is here. Foe. Count me out. You faking in this Gucci bag. What's that? Get somebody else to do it. Listen. Well, you know what? I think it's time that we get into our well, if you ask me segment, because as you guys can tell, we got a we've lot been to down say. this road. <laughs> we got a lot to say. We've been on this road before. OK, so let's tell you how we feel about this topic. Yeah. So, well, if you ask me the ride or die, she she has to get somewhere and sit down. I, I have had my bid, my fair share of playing this part. With the men in my life, in my relationships. I feel like the three long-term relationships that I have, I always had to do hella much for them. Like, damn, I was doing so much. Specifically, my high school boyfriend, he went away to college, y'all. And I, I had all intentions of going to this school. And my mom said, no, you cannot. Long story short, he ended up going away to college, getting wrapped up into some things he shouldn't have gotten wrapped up into, dropped out of school, did the most. And I was having some like um, 
some like regret, some Not guilt, some guilt. guilt. Yeah, like yeah. a low key guilt that if I would have been there, he would have stayed in school. He just needed me by his side so that he could have stayed on the right track. Right. And even after we had seen each other years later, he was like, I hate you. And I'm like, what? He was like, I hate you because you you left me. You know, I we could have been good. I would have been better if it would have been for you. And I was like, you know what? I can't. It's a lot. Same thing. Relationship, relationship, time after time after time. I'm on my way to Forest Lawn with these niggas. And it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not. I did a bid 10 years. Girl. I was with you when you had nothing. You had a little something. I was still with you. You're making it seem like it's my fault when Maybe. I decide I'm going to put myself first and right. leave. And... <sighs> We have had a shared experience. In that <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I, I can't do you. it anymore. Girl, if you ask me, I too cannot do it anymore. I have done it. And it hurts my heart that I did that. Like yeah. as a black woman, a young black woman, why was I riding like that? Why did I feel like it was necessary for me to stick by someone that way and sacrifice and think that, you know, I'm showing my love. I'm showing like my loyalty. I'm showing that I'm worthy of being here. And like, I can do the things that you, you need, need me to do for you when the whole time my needs were going unmet. You're not doing what you're supposed to you do. You know what I'm saying? And when in my long-term relationship that was seven years, it was very much like you, you're the only person I have. Like, I felt like I had to ride for him. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. I really felt like I had to be there for him mentally, not financially, but just like emotionally for sure. Yeah. Like, I just felt like he was going to crack. He was saying things like Fragile. that. Like, what am I supposed to do? Showing up at my house in the middle of the night, like I've told you guys time and time again. But that really that was, was a very sad, dark. Time it was a you. lot. It was a lot like showing up at my house, like. I felt like, okay, is he going to be mentally stable without me here? Like he saying that he was going to lay in the middle of the street and let a car hit him. And I'm like, bruh. And you were carrying the burden of it all. I was carrying it. And that's probably why I have the back, back problems. problems. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to him. get over the back problems. He owes you for that. New he owes me. Bought. It's hard. It's hard. I'm telling you. It's, it, it's hard. And a lot of times, like you said, it all comes from this place of like, well, you'll see that I'm worth it. Exactly. You'll choose me at the in the end. And that's how I was feeling. I was doing so much to show. I was doing so much and getting so little. There was only thing I Germany. wanted. One thing I wanted from this man. And you know what it was. A ring. A ring. That's all you wanted. I just wanted like just to, I'm doing. I you were trying to show that you were worthy of being married. A wife to you. We got to stop. We got to stop. And, and speaking of stop, you know, we wouldn't be us if we didn't have solutions for you. So, girls, let's get into this. Let's get into how we can stop, why we need to stop, really, right? Yeah. Because we need to understand that it is okay for us to have standards, right? Mm -hmm. We can set a standard, period. As Black women, it is okay to have expectations. And if they're not met, you can dip. Yeah. I don't care what nobody says. Like, if you're not rising up to the standard that I have set for my life, mm -hmm. You have to go. It is okay for me to prioritize myself. It yeah. is okay for me to say, this doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah, for sure. You know, I no longer want to be a participant in this. We can change our minds. We don't have to be chained to a past version of ourselves. And I think that if you are someone who has also dealt with being a ride or die and you find yourself getting into that space again with somebody, remind yourself of the heartache. You don't have to go back there. 
Like, no, no one deserves that. No one deserves that. And again, to disclaim, we're not bashing the men, the good men that are out there. We're not. We're specifically talking about a situation that you might be in where you're doing more than you should be doing. And you're not getting what you deserve. And we know what that looks like because the previous situation I was in when I almost started to do the ride or die with his six. I was I was when you made your decision, I was championing you. I said, good girl, you got out just. And he was a time. snake in the grass. This one was a snake in the grass. He would have bit me up. <laughs> he would have bit me up. Next, y'all know that you are enough. You don't have anything to prove. That is what we're constantly battling against. Proving ourselves. We want to go the extra mile to show we'll do what the last girl didn't do. Oh, wait, she said she used to do. She said you you said she used to bother you and bug you. Oh, nigga, you won't get a call from me. Yeah. You know, it gives that. As soon as we get with somebody, we be listening for cues. Little context. Trigger clues. words. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait. Hold yeah. On. So that we don't do what the person once did, trying to undo all of this lived trauma that came before you. That is not our role. Exactly. The overcompensating, trying to fix old partner wounds, mother wounds, father listen. wounds. Like, listen, come healed and whole. Healed and whole. Come healed and whole. I'm contributing to my HSA account every other week so that I can be healed and whole. I need you to you come. You got to do the same. <laughs> you got to do the same. I need you to come healed and whole because, baby, I don't need a dependent. I need a partner. Listen. Okay. Unless I could claim you on my taxes. If I'm claiming you, it's different. <laughs> well, if you claim, a household. German, if you claiming them, that means they ain't working. And that's what we're talking about. Girl, I just need a tax break. Okay. Well, anyway. girl, you do something. Not else. with my nigga, though. Do something else. Yeah. Okay. Also, we don't have to believe the internet lie that you have to be a ride or die to get a good man. Yeah. I'm so tired of hearing these podcast niggas telling us that. This is why y'all are single. This is why black women are married. This is why you're going to be alone forever because you don't want to stick it out or you're ready to let it go as soon as things go to the left. Or I the saw, I saw a comment, Germany, I saw a comment <laughs> that said that women don't know how to love unconditionally. Boy. No, we've been, that's, that's the problem. Exactly. I, I, I am hearing you and I am feeling you. And women are shamed when we leave a situation. We are, have to be the, the ones who keep black love alive. There's so many pieces. And in order to keep black love alive, I got to deal with you doing all the other things you do to me with. I don't deserve it. We don't. I don't deserve and it. And to be quite honest, a good man wouldn't expect you to deplete yourself to build him up. Mm -hmm. Who like, come on. Pour in. An honest man out. would want to be able, would want to respect you. Build you up. Build you up. Would want to be able to contribute. Yeah. Would want to be able to hold his own. Yeah. Doing his own self-work so that when he comes to you, you guys are able to build and thrive together. Don't tear me down. Also, y'all, be receptive to advice from people you trust. Sharing your story is so important. Even doing this podcast, you'd be surprised at how much you share. People are like, I'm going through that same situation. Only through sharing do we find who we relate to. Do we feel like we're not alone? So be okay with saying, this is what I'm going through. And when your friends and people you trust give you sound, fresh perspective, take it. Because they're looking at things objectively. They might be seeing something in your relationship that you can't see because you're in it. Yeah. So talk to somebody. Definitely.
And also, since people are going to be coming to us and talking, be mindful and gentle when people are coming to you and being honest and sharing that, you know what, I'm in this situation where I've been doing this and Mm -hmm. I've been doing this, doing that for my partner. Be mindful how you respond because... It takes a lot to admit that you're doing something that you know is less than ideal. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So when you're thinking about how you want to respond, we're going to give them the real, but we're going to be mindful with how we're delivering it. Yeah, I like that. Evidence. So that it can be received. I like that. Okay, so our last solution is we're going to dead the blind loyalty, mm. right? Healthy relationships require mutual respect and reciprocity. We deserve that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's like, the bare, that's the standard. Especially when it comes to our safety and well-being. Mm-hmm. I'm not holding nothing for you. I'm not transporting. You can't pack it up here. My name's Bennett and I'm not in it. Yeah. If you have to go to jail for 10 years for some illegal shit that you did, you won't find me where you left me. Listen. I will not be able to rest. Y'all. And wait. Listen, I remember... Quick little story time. I remember I was dating a nigga who was a gang banger, gang affiliate. I told you this. And we was riding through the city. Oh my God, Germany. I can't believe you were. We were riding through the city. I was young. And if my mom would have known this about me, she would have snatched me up. I was young, riding around and getting it, playing my role. You know what I'm saying? And we through the city and a gang rival sees him while we're in traffic in LA, y'all. And we are zipping through the street. It feels like a car chase. I hate this for you. And you know what he turned around and said to me? First off, when he made eye contact with the guy, he said, that's that nigga Jimmy. He like they have such a beef that if they see each other, they try to kill one another. And I'm like, I'm in the passenger seat and this is happening the way we were sliding through the back. So what did he tell you to do? Or what did he, I, he was you? like, get down. I had to scoot down in the car. He pulled up on the back streets, dropped me off at his uncle house. And I was sitting on his uncle's porch behind the like wall, just waiting on him to hopefully come back. He was like, knock on the door. Hopefully my uncle in there. I'm like. Did you knock on the door? Yeah, I was just sitting out there. I was just waiting. And then he ended up coming back like 15, 20 minutes later after he lost them. Like, get me home. There's been so many instances of that kind of shit happening. And I'm like, this is not the relationship. It's not worth it. If if your safety and well-being, and it could be something like that, it can be your health. Because when you're staying around with people who are sleeping around and they're bringing things back, like not compromising my health, dog. Like, come on. You know what I'm saying? And just even your mental health sometimes. It's like, it's not worth it. It's not. Rise above, queens. Yes. So we've got a conversation with professor, author, advocate, and mother Shanita Hubbard right after this. Have you ever dreamed of effortlessly conversing in another language? Whether it's for that upcoming international trip, connecting with family and friends, diving deep into a new culture, or simply adding a new skill to your repertoire, learning a new language opens up a world of opportunities. But let's face it, traditional methods like textbooks and classroom learning can be a drag. That's where Rosetta Stone comes in. As the most trusted language learning program for over 30 years, Rosetta Stone offers a revolutionary approach that truly immerses you in the language you want to learn without relying on CDs or DVDs. 
Picture this, you're effortlessly conversing in Spanish on the streets of Barcelona, ordering tapas like a local, or discussing the latest French designers with Parisians. So sexy, right? With Rosetta Stone's intuitive process, you'll learn naturally starting with words, then phrases, then full sentences. And with over 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, and Polish, the possibilities are endless. Rosetta Stone's speech recognition technology, including the True Accent feature, acts like a personal trainer for your accent, providing instant feedback on your pronunciation. Plus, with both desktop and app options available, along with offline lesson downloads and an audio companion, learning for the babe on the go has never been easier. And here's the best part. For a limited time, Rosetta Stone is offering a lifetime membership for 50% off, y'all. That's right, lifetime access to all 25 language courses for half the price. Don't miss out on this amazing deal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, BGB listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com backslash today. Hey, bookies, we got something special for you. Are you ready to dive into a celebration of blackness that's as diverse as the experience it represents? Well, NPR has got you covered with Black Stories, Black Truths. This is a groundbreaking collection that's more than just a podcast. It's Revelation. What does black representation in media mean to you? Because to me... It's about breaking down stereotypes, challenging biases, and also showcasing the rich tapestry of black experiences. For sure. Absolutely. And Black Stories, Black Truths is the epitome of this celebration. Each episode is a living account of what it truly means to be black today. And it's told from a unique black perspective. And I feel like these aren't just stories like they're narratives of joy, resilience, empowerment, and also the incredible ability to create world-shifting things out of the struggle. Seriously, you'll hear about everything from pop culture icons like Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama, to discussions on vital topics like reparations, y'all. There's really no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Have you tuned in yet? One of my favorite episodes is the one on how real self-care takes real systemic change. That's a must-listen. Yeah, I really think the hosts bring a tone that's celebratory. It's also informative and reflective, which I really can appreciate. Every episode is a journey. It offers a range of emotions and perspectives that keeps you hooked from start to finish. As soon as I turn it on, I'm like, mm. And let's not forget, Black perspectives haven't always been at the forefront of America's story. But now they are the story. Period. So this is not just a podcast, y'all. It's a collection of some of NPR's best episodes showcasing the brilliance and resilience of the black experience. And we know NPR is known for its commitment to diverse storytelling. But with them presenting black stories, black truths, I would say that this is NPR with the noir twist. <laughs> so what are you waiting for? Turn on NPR today and immerse yourself in a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and black as the incredible country we reflect. And remember, stories should never be about us without us. 
Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, available wherever you get your podcast. Y'all should know by now that we love progression over here. Let's chat about what everyday progress truly means to us. Whether it's hitting those small milestones or treating ourselves to a little something something after a month of disciplined budgeting, progress is all about balance and staying motivated. And speaking of budgeting and reaching financial goals while still enjoying life's little pleasures, have you heard about Chime? Chime's checking account offers some amazing features that can help you along your financial journey. Let me tell you about one feature that really stands out to me. Chime's Spot Me. We've all been there, right? Dealing with overdraft fees can really throw a wrench in your financial plans. But with Chime, you can overdraft up to $200 with no fees. You heard me right. No fees. It's like having a safety net for those unexpected moments. Y'all, I had a friend who was always getting hit with hefty overdraft fees. It was a mess trying to sort it out. How do you really get ahead with that? But with Chime, you can avoid those headaches and get back on track with ease. Plus, Chime isn't just a bank. It's a community. With Boost, you can increase your spot me limit by receiving boosts from your friends. It's like having your financial back covered by your squad. So, if you're ready to take control of your finances and wave goodbye to those pesky monthly fees, open your Chime account today. Just head over to Chime.com slash bravado. That's Chime.com slash bravado. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bankcourt Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Boosts are available to eligible Chime members enrolled in SpotMe and are subject to monthly limits. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Okay, welcome back to the Black Girl Bravado, y'all. Today's guest is Shanita Hubbard. Shanita Hubbard is an acclaimed writer, a journalism instructor at the University of Toronto, and author of the upcoming book, Ride or Die, a Feminist Manifesto for the Well-Being of Black Women. Shanita, we are so ready to get into this conversation with you. The book was an edge snatcher. I was like, Shanita, you came in right out the gate gathering the girls because I was gathered. I said, do she know me or? Right. She was like, the book, <laughs> the book. I'm like, okay, girl, let me let me tap into yes. it. So, yes, we, we thoroughly enjoyed the book and we're just going to get right in. So, Shanita, you wrote, labor as love is consistently our model in Black culture. We internalize it and donate that perspective to those we raise. It becomes a generational burden. When this kind of love paradigm is modeled by our foremothers and forefathers, this becomes the baseline for how we understand romantic relationships. Child, I said, let me go get my mommy and my grandmama. <laughs> is it generational? It absolutely is, right? Like the locks and hip hop made it, gave us this cute little song. But the reason why, I use cute subjectively, right? And the reason why it resonated so much is because it's familiar. We know her, right? We know that Rod and I take. A lot of us have been conditioned to believe that that is the end or be all. You know what I mean? Like we, as we aspire to be that because we've seen her. We've seen her in our, you know, there's no separation between church and hood. Even if you never stepped foot in a church before in your life, 
the architect of the ride or die chick was modeled in the black church by some of those, you know, sister big hats. And she, in turn, she raised our mother. She raised our auntie. She helped raise our community. This whole give of yourself until there's nothing left because that's what equals love. We've seen that in so many aspects of our community. We, I mean, it manifests in so many different forms, not even just relationships, but wherever you go, there you are. So if you're that person, you're that ride or die, I'm gonna give everything because that's how I show my love in your relationship. You're that person at work. You're that person in your friendships. You're that wherever you go, there you are. That is so true. I definitely see what you're saying when you say like the way we show up one way is the way we show up in other relationships. And I wonder like in your lived experience, have you seen a difference from generation to generation? Like, have you seen a difference in the way um, we have shown up as ride or dies or if we're still showing up as ride or dies? I'm 42, right? So I'm seeing there's a lot of the things that were normalized with my age group and women above me. I'm seeing a lot of pushback with younger women and I love to see it, right? They're not using that, that the same language, like F this ride and die stuff, but they're saying things like, you know, I'm about that soft life, right? And and when you like break it down, right? It's I love it when it's discussed outside of the scope of capitalism, right? Yes, it's dope. If you could fly first class forever, Fly first classes, I'm not mad at you. If you can um go book Molly Maids, book Molly Maids, I'm not mad at you. But that soft life also includes using no as a complete sentence. What do I need to do to make my life softer? If you are making my life infinitely harder, I will leave you, right? So I hear this so much more from younger Black women, and I'm getting so encouraged by it. Girl, I, yes, honey. The young millennials <laughs> and the Gen Z girls, we are taking a stance. I too am with it because I bore the cross of the ride or die in my younger 20s. She was me. I was her. You feel me? I was in the passenger seat on my way to Forest Lawn. Day after day after day. No, seriously, I was. And I feel like the biggest biggest part of being the ride or die and the mistake that I made as a younger black woman was doing more than I felt comfortable doing. Mm. Right. It's like self-sacrificing in a way that's like, OK, I'm going to be here for you, but I don't really want to do it. I don't want to show up as the fun girl. I don't want to be so go with the flow all the time. But because I'm with you, I'm going to be with you. What do you believe are some of the biggest mistakes that black women make trying to be the ride or die? I love that you are like really broadening out the scope. And I love these questions because in the song, right, and I talk about my lived experience with a guy we're just going to call Anthony, right? And I was doing that bid with him. I don't know if y'all from New York, but that was, anyway. So I was doing that bid with him, taking a trip, putting money on his books and doing all that good stuff. But that's the most, more of an extreme way a ride or die manifests, right? If you only look at it like that, you're going to miss all the times where maybe you wasn't taking trips up north to go see somebody in prison and maybe you wasn't about to kill nobody for this dude, but you killed pieces of yourself to be in this relationship. You killed pieces of your dream to help nurture his, right? So yes, yours probably wasn't the most extreme piece, but what was dying when you were so busy riding for this relationship and a situation that did not give you anything? Mm. Wow. <laughs> you know, pieces of you that you were know not just being a sermon... <laughs> And Shanita, I love how you touched on, in Germany, you mentioned it too, how our love is shown through our sacrifice. But how can we differentiate between showing support for someone? Because we all understand that people fall on hard times, right? It's like, okay, you know, I'm not exactly where I want to be right now. I can't show up for you right now, but just stick, stick with it. And I'm a, you know, I'm a pay you back. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. 
And when we decide, like you said, with the soft life or whatever, that we no longer want to do that, we're looked at as not loyal, fickle, not able to like hold someone down or, you know, all the all this neck, all these negative things. But how can we just differentiate between, okay, I can support you or actually this is a bit much and I'm fully sacrificing. Just two pieces here, right? I am very particular and careful about who I allow to my close circle, because if you're on the home team, then I got you right? Then I'm going to show up for you if you're on a home team. But I'm very careful about who gets to make that roster, whether it's dating, whether it's friendship, whether it's either um, business partnerships, because one of the things that I need that I require is reciprocity. The thing about this, the difference between I'm going to show up for you because I got you in Dorada Dietic, the Dorada Dietic is no expectation for reciprocity. Dorada Dietic, she's just, just like, there's no expectation for reciprocity. She's just doing it because she genuinely believes that's what she's supposed to do, right? But then it's like, I got you and I'm going to show up because that's the nature of your relationship with that person. Y'all hold each other down. Y'all show up for each other, right? And it's not about keeping score, but it's about knowing who's going to also show up for you and require that, right? And then the second part of it, and I love that you brought up the whole, it's looked at as a lack of loyalty. Think about like right now, um, I didn't catch the whole Ashanti interview with Angie Martinez, but I caught a clip of what she was saying and people was calling her disloyal after she walked away from Earth God and Murder, Inc., right? But let's think about this. She is disloyal from walking away from a married man who could possibly, you know, face fed time and also from walking away from a label who's under investigation, right? She doesn't know what the financial consequences that could be for her. She don't know how that's going to impact her family, how that's going to impact her life. So she made a decision for herself to walk away because that's what she felt was in the best interest of her. And they said she, and this is, oh, this disloyalty. It's like when it comes to black women, loyalty means give us your life. Nothing short of that. Mm. And then we're shamed. Nigga, what the fuck? I made the best decision for me. That's the part that kills me. But if it, if the shoe was on the other foot and Irv said, you know what, Ashanti, it's something ain't right here. I got to get on. Then we would be like, good for you. It's right, no, right. You know what I mean? I, uh, 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 the way these niggas do you. And it's even just walking away from anything. It's just like we... Uh, and think about that. She's walking away from murder. Ain't like you walking. You're allowed to walk away from a job. You are free. We're not anybody's possessions. Like you are allowed to. Yes. And Shanita, you just brought up walking away, which I think is sometimes we have to do right. We have to leave situations, circumstances, people that are just not a fit for us. And you you briefly touched on this person, Anthony, who you also mentioned or wrote about in your book, talking about this bid that you did with this man, child, and. I feel like we've all been there in a long-standing relationship that's just not fruitful anymore. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. And at some point, we say, no more. Hopefully, you get to that point where you say, no more. I'm actually done with this. But we also know that in, a, in, a, in, a, in the hopes or in the attempt to try to reframe some shit and turn it around, these niggas will spin it on you and make it seem like you're the bad guy. Okay. It'll be giving Chun-Li. Vin- villainize. Right. They'll try to villainize you. So I want to know, what is the best advice for making a decision to stand in your truth, leaving a situation, and dealing with the villainization that comes with that? How do we respond to someone being like, you ain't been down for me, girl. You are disloyal. 
What's the advice there? Well, for one, we have to understand, like, okay, you know how, like, if you make an investment, imagine that you bought a house, right? And you knew that it was a fixer-upper, so, but you're constant. So you're like, okay, fine, I got to call in the plumber. That's going to cost X amount of $1,000. A few months later, you're like, damn, the roof is going. That's about another $20,000, right? And now you're constantly pouring in and pouring in. You can't sell it. You can't get any tenants. But now it's four years later, then you start asking yourself, do I keep investing or do I just pull out? So I think in relationship, Relationships, when we put in, when we invest so much of our time, when we invest so much of our emotions, even if it's going to shit, right? We still pour in because we're thinking we're going to get an investment back on our return. But at some point you have to ask, like, is this return worth it? Right? So going back to the house analogy, what happens if you put in $700,000 in this house and you made $10,000? That was not, what, what are you looking for, for your return? And is this going to be worth it? And the same thing with relationships. We keep putting in and pouring out because we've invested so much time. We've invested so much, so much of our resources. Like, you know, we went above and beyond and we continue to wait for an investment. Sometimes you have to say, I just got to take this out. And then B, sometimes you have to say that this investment is simply not going to be worth it. How much more time, how much more am I going to put into it? I cannot get back from this because it's not going to be worth it. So I guess my advice is like, I don't care if it's been 10 years or 15 years. At some point, you have to realize that you're not getting a return. <laughs> and even if you are, is this return worth the investment you put in? Like we see this all the time, like these Facebook statuses or social media statuses. They'd be like, happy 10 year anniversary. It's usually a woman that, um, wrote this and we've been through so much and it's been rough and you can always read right into it read like okay he started being faithful year nine right like a lot of times you think this this return is going to be this faithful person that they're finally going to turn around but at what cost to you yeah right and even in your job, we do this at work too. Like we know we've been, I have, a lot of us have been in these places where the atmosphere is toxic at work. We're going to be like, I can fix the atmosphere here. I'm going to send a memo and I'm going to suggest this and I'm going to do that. Like what is the, what type of return are you expecting? You need a new job. Right. Girl, and you are speaking to me because I also did a bit with a nigga and I woke up one day and said, I am the return. It's me. The whole time I've been investing. I'm right. like, you know, I can't invest in this anymore. You're not even worth it. And sometimes they can't give you the return that you're expecting. So let's say uh, going back to that house again, like you have to realistically, where did you purchase that house? What is that community like? If you think you were getting a million dollar, right, you purchase this, you may not get this million dollar return, honey. That's not going to happen. So sometimes you have to say, I'm simply not going to get a return on this. And that's it. They can't give you the return that you expected. Yeah. you got That nigga was on a housing section eight. He was a section eight. A, a rental and also like i've learned when it comes to being villainized or looked at as like you know someone who's done someone so wrong when you decide that you no longer want to partake you cannot internalize like the messaging that pe- that these people are giving to you because of course they want you to stay you not staying is hurting them it's manipulation too like mm-hmm. people will manipulate you and say you're not this, you're not that to try to get you to act the way they want you to act and stay around. But no, we're not doing that. And a lot of times is that people just don't think we black women are worth it. Like, who are you to demand that you want this? Who are you to demand? I remember like I, a few years, maybe about two, three years ago, I wrote this article. I thought it was a light article, right? Because sometimes I write really heavy stuff and sometimes I like to write fun stuff. So I wrote this article called I Won't Date Men That Won't Go to Therapy. Honey, that broke the internet. 
They were discussing it on a view. Tamara made it part of her hot topics. And then she ended up inviting me on. And there was a lot of pushback for that. But at the core of it, I know some people want to be like, who is this black woman to feel like she should require something of, of anybody? And here I am saying, listen, I believe in therapy. I do the work. And if I'm going to be with a partner, he needs to do the work too. Otherwise that burden is going to fall on me. Like either you're doing your work or somebody else is doing it. Right. So it's like, it's just not fair. So I just refuse to be with somebody that's not doing the work because I deserve it and I'm worth it. So back to your original question, like, what do we do about being villainized? You have to understand that these people villainizing us or who want to villainize do not believe that you are worth demanding anything. It always comes back to the self (laughs) every time. It always comes back to how do we feel about ourselves? What do we think the possibility is for us out there? Do we feel like this is all there is left? And just doing a reframe and saying, you know what? No, I I don't like how this feels. I want more. I deserve more. And I'm going to get more. Period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Period. Okay, so we have some situations where although we don't feel good in the situation, It's burdensome. We're wrapped up with these people who might be depending on us financially. And we feel like, how am I going to get out of this dynamic? Like, how can I break away from riding or dying and supporting this person when they're depending on me financially? Like, that can be hard. I know for me personally, I'm like, how are you going to do what you need to do? What is this going to look like? Like, I'm going to leave you high and dry. You start taking on their shit. Exactly. So, like, what is your advice to people who are in that situation um, feeling like they want to break away, but they just feel so heavily invested and tied in financially? When people say, I don't have nobody but you, that is a very manipulative statement, right? They really want to be, I don't have nobody but you. That's very manipulative. There's other people in your ecology that you can figure out who to do this, who can show up for you. And let's just explore that possibility. What if they don't have nobody else but you? Why is that the case? Did you burn all of those other bridges? Like, did you exhaust all those other people? And then now you just moved on? So I think, you know, to challenge that a bit to people that's like, I don't have nobody else but you. You're lying. You're manipulating me. And second of all, why don't you? Why am I your only person on this planet that can show up for you? Right. Yeah. Then that means the common denominator is you. I've had this experience too. It wasn't the financial piece, but using that, I don't have anybody else but you. You're my best friend. You're the only person I can lean on. And not to get morbid, but the person was dealing with some really heavy mental health issues, depression. And I thought it can go the SI, the SI route. I was like, please mm. don't take it there. Yeah. And I was carrying his health and well being on me thinking I can't leave this relationship because at any given moment, he's going to feel like life is not worth living anymore and just do away with the whole thing. And personally, I had to release that from me. This is not my fight. I said, you got to lay, it's not mine. You got to lay that burden down. If you're struggling like that, you're going to do that beyond with or without me. And I'm not going to take accountability and I'm not going to feel, I'm not, that will tear you up. Right. You're nobody's crisis management plan. Like you're not anyone's crisis management plan. You can refer to them. Like, listen, there's some, um, I don't know what state you live in, but there's some mobile crisis units. There's other things that, but it's not you. Black women got 99 gifts, but being Jesus ain't one. Like as much as people, as much as people expect us to be the, the mule of the world, we have to take that expectation off of ourselves. We can't. We cannot. And it also starts like we started this episode in our homes. The way people, the way these women, us women are raising our children, specifically our boys. What advice do you have for the women who are raising young boys 
to deal with desiring a ride or die. Because mm. we got to hold the mamas accountable too, we girl. Because do. you're doing something to your son and he coming out here to me looking for too much. <laughs> we have to start being honest with ourselves about when we are putting this pressure and this weight on other Black women. So like in my chapter one, I remember like before I wrote that chapter, I was listening to Ride or Die came on the radio one time and it's Eve, she's singing a hook to the song. And before I could turn my face like, Ew, sis, you singing this hook to this song? When it's, this is completely about the most extreme version of unreciprocated lopsided love that you can get. Like kisses, like, you know, I make you use a tw- your, your stolen credit card twice in the mall. I mean, just like, you know, coming up north to see their man on the BI and having sex with them, just doing the killing people for them. Yes, it's hyperbole, right? But I was like, damn, she's singing a hook on this song. But how many times are we singing a hook or like proverbially, you know, singing a proverbial hook to a, a song about a man, like a woman holding down a man, right? And I've done that too. And being someone else's problem, like there's men in my family that I love dearly that are so brilliant and so amazing. And one of the things I used to always say is sudden such need a good black woman. Just a good black woman to hold him down and get him together. He's going to be a whole different person. We have to stop putting that burden expectation on our sisters as well, because we do it too. And I, I used to be dead serious. Like all they need is a good black woman. I was furious when people started saying that about Kanye, man, it was a, he just need a good black woman. No, thank you. We tapping out. His mother, his black mother can't even rest in peace because they still saying if Donda was alive, at what point do we stop putting all of this on black women? Right? So before we can ask, women to like be careful about how they're raising their sons we gotta check each other we gotta stop doing that to each other like girl all he needs is this good black woman no he needs a b c and d to get to this place and then he should go find himself a good black woman to partner with right be heal and hold be heal and hold black you said in your book that black women we're expected to like if we're down on hard times the message is oh she'll figure it out she make a dollar out of 15 cents you know i have faith that she gonna turn it around and rise up but then we have to be paired with a man to rise him up. And it's just not fair. Like, we want to be rolled up as well. <laughs> Put me on your back. My back is broken. When have you ever heard, like, let's say, like, a Chrisette Michelle or somebody like that that's going through it? When do they ever say, oh, she is a good black man? They, they don't even, it sounds crazy coming out of my mouth because it's so foreign. We don't do that. You ended the first chapter of your book by summoning us to commit to taking action towards dismantling the ride or die chick because the next generation of our black girls depend on it. As a mother of a daughter, what have you taught her to shift her perspective about this ride or die shake mentality? Oh, I love that question. I purposely let my daughter see me do things like create clear boundaries, like in all areas of my life, like even with her, right? As much she knows that I love her to pieces and I'll say to her, no, I'm off this Saturday, but I'm very tired. I'm, I need you to go to grandma's house, not so that I can work with his mommy's going to the spa. So I model a life of like watching my daughter. My daughter watches me impose clear boundaries. It wasn't always like that, right? But it's constantly me having to work. She's seen me impose those boundaries and we have very candid conversations. I mean, as much as I can, I've had conversations with her about why I'm divorced from her dad. And I'll just tell her these are things that, you know, showed up in my relationship. That's not OK. And I was only able to speak about that because she's seen some things with her own two eyes. Right. So I've had to say, 
those things are not acceptable. Even if they come from men that we love, men that we adore, like those are not acceptable. So I modeled this for her and I pointed out to her. So like this whole concept of writing that, she can't even wrap her mind around it. So she started to read some of my book and she was like, this don't even make sense. Why would you want to be a woman that operates like this? I don't understand this. A young queen she is. Okay. You see how you're raised? Yes. Right, right, right. right. This, this is so confusing. Like, she she literally cannot grasp that concept. It's because you're breaking generational curses and yes. she's reaping the benefits. Janita, you already gave us so many gems here today, but let our community know where they can find you. I need y'all to go out and get this book. Please, please get the Ride or Die, A Feminist Manifesto for the Well-Being of Black Women. It was the well-being in the um, title for me. That, yeah. that pulled you. me in. That pulled me in. I said, this woman knows how to bring us together. Yes. I'm talking to us. Listen, my whole time, I kept telling my whole team, I was like, I'm talking to Black women. I don't ever want people to ever think for a half a millisecond that I'm not centering Black women. I said that on my book proposal. I said that everywhere. It was like, Shanita, I think we get it. Like, you literally say this in your title. I was like, okay. Like, yeah, I'm talking to us. Like, I need that to be 100%, 1,000% clear. Anyone else, you're welcome to buy it. I can't, you know, hey, Mocha, give me that $30. I'll take my reparations anywhere I can get it. But I am 100% talking to Black women. And you can get the book wherever you buy books. Amazon, Burns & Noble, Bob would love it if you would support Black-owned bookstores, Black bookstores owned by Black women. If they don't have it, please ask them to order it. Yes, I love that. I got a couple of people who are getting this book for Christmas. Read it. Yes. It's this November is November 8th. 8th. It's out, y'all. Go yes. get this book. Yes. <laughs> we need that. It's out. Go get it. Go get it. Go get it. <laughs> yes, Shanita, let our community know where they can find you, more of your work, more of what you're doing. We want to be connected, girl. Well, I'm on Twitter at Miss Shanita Renee. I'm on Instagram at Professor underscore Nita. Check out my book, Ride or Die, Feminist Manifesto for the Well-Being of Black Women. Yes. Shanita, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for your work with this book. It's amazing. And we know it's going to do amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I was so excited to talk to y'all. Thank you so much for having me. Special thanks to Shanita for kicking it with us today. Go get her book, y'all. Ride or Die, a feminist manifesto for the well-being of Black women. And get it from a Black woman-owned bookstore. Period. Up next, our new segment, I Did That Shit. Coming up after the break. Okay, y'all, since today's episode is about flipping the script on the ride or die complex, it's only right that I share a story about how I recently had to say no more. So y'all, we tell you all the time that we are just like you. Mm -hmm. Yes, even today. (laughs) It don't be that far away. We got the same shoes on. I told y'all I still had a scar on my head. So if you're on Patreon, you know that I recently exited a relationship that was about 10 months. 10 months I was in this relationship. All the juicy details are on Patreon, but I'll give y'all the skeleton here. So we were dating and through our dating experience, things started to shift, right? Things started to shift in the relationship. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that I don't expect anything from anyone that 
I'm not able to give, right? I'm not looking for someone to just come in and take care of me. I don't have to work. I don't have to do anything. Just provide, 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 and then I'll take the back seat. Now, if someone offered to do that, great. But that's not the expectation. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm just looking for someone who can bring to the table what I bring to the table. That's mm-hmm. it. Like we mentioned at the top of the episode, that's a standard for me, mm-hmm. period. So in this relationship, Things had took a turn and that no longer was the case. Right. And it has started to become burdensome, to be quite honest, like he was not able to show up in that way financially. Not just not for me, but for himself. Right. Because, again, I'm not looking for someone to provide for me. Of course, like there's dates that I want to be taken out on that comes secondary. If you can't provide for yourself, you can't do that either. Yeah. So that's what the dynamic had been in. As time went on, I just realized that I was not happy with that dynamic. You know what I'm saying? He's a great person, not taken away from his character or any of that. But I'm just not in a space where I want to take on that responsibility in a fairly new relationship. You know what I'm saying? And that's the whole purpose of dating. And I had to convince myself of that and just really believe that because in the past, I would be like, Brittany, stick it out. And Mm -hmm. it's the messaging of be loyal, stick with someone when they're down, thug it out. You know, it's going to be okay. And not to say that it won't eventually be okay, because I'm sure that it will. But right now, like, it's just not for me. You know what I'm saying? And so when I let him know that the relationship was no longer a fit for me, I did get the pushback. I did get the, well, why can't you just stick it out a little longer? Like, I thought you were a writer. Like, I thought she was going to ride and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you thought wrong. Right. You know what I'm saying? I got to get out here and walk. I can't because you know what? I'm sacrificing myself. Like, I was starting to not feel good about it. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I have the choice, the option to leave. And that's what I did. I left. Good job. So. When you told me that you had made your exit and like after everything was shared, I will say that I was very proud of you. I was very proud of you. And I told you that when you shared it with me, because I know that it's hard to make these sort of decisions and really objectively assess where the relationship is, where it is that you see yourself going and like what's happening without being subjective. You know, what it I mean? was hard. And then, you know, I was hard because just like we've mentioned, like I had the feelings of if I'm going to, am I going to find somebody else? Like, mm-hmm. Should I just stick it out? Like, is there going to be somebody else out there? Right. And I'm like, Brittany, no, that's a lack mentality. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And no, like, yeah. no. And he, I even told him, I was like, it's not good right now. Mm-hmm. Like, the relationship is not working right now. Let's take the space. You figure it out. I do my thing. And if it's meant to be whatever the future holds, the future holds. But right now, it's just not working. Yeah. It's not. Good job. So. She did that shit. I did that shit. <laughs> you really did. Very did proud it. of you. Thank you. Very proud. Thank you for sharing your story. I, I hung it up. And now I don't want to be a ride or die. No. I want to be a side by side. Listen. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way to be. I want to be a, a passenger princess. Yes. I love it. So, y'all. Now it's time to pick Pick up up your pen. We're dropping a gem. So this is where we share the content that inspired us, wrecked us, or checked us. We all need little gems that help us remember the baddies that we are. So this week, it's a little unconventional. (laughs) 
it's a little unconventional, but it's it's something that I've been enjoying. And I feel like if you're a work from home mommy or if you just need a break from what you've been used to listening to and need some good ambient tunes, this might be for you. So I have been loving hip hop piano covers on Spotify. It's basically your favorite hip hop songs done on a piano instrumental. So again, we can make this a vibe if you're working from home, if you need some music to run your errands to, if you got little ones running around and you might not want them to hear the explicit nigga, this bitch, that hoe, this, <laughs> mm-hmm. then put on these piano covers. You're going to love them. My favorite is The Box by Roddy Rich. Oh, yeah. A banger. You know, I love that one. And God's Plan by Drake. They're so good. Ultra light. Ooh, never mind. It's fuck Kanye. Take that (laughs) one out. It's fuck them right now. It's fuck them. But uh, tons of your favorite hip hop songs, piano covers. It's a vibe. Let me know if y'all get into it. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I'm going to definitely tap into that. For real. (sighs) Try them. So, y'all, thank you for joining us today. Yes. If you don't take anything else away from this episode, take away this. You are worthy Mm -hmm. for the absolute best. And you do not have to sacrifice yourself to get it. And on that note, we will see y'all next week. Love you. Bye. Bye.